This is Upload Media. taking a video of me right now because I have sunglasses on. It bothers me oh. when Caleb feels like he wants to wear his sunglasses inside where there's no windows and it's just us sitting at this table and Craig sitting at his computer. The star that you are is too bright for me to handle. Oh my god. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Shut the fuck up oh Caleb. <laughs> Welcome to Other. <laughs> We're here in your ear holes and we are talking shit to each other today and we love that. We love that. Yes. Yes. Um, I feel like we should remind you to check out our um, our producers, our Upload Media Group guys. Hi. Yeah, Hello. there's Craig right there. there we love is. him. Um, also, uh, please go leave us a rating. Oh, God. Yeah. And a review. Please just do it so she can leave me alone. Yeah. Leave you alone, really. Leave everybody alone. Right. We're getting towards the end of the year. It'd be great if we could just get a couple more. Give the gift of a rating. Yes. To Sarah. Thank you. Ah. That would be so compassionate. It would be. It would show that you have empathy. Yeah. And that you you care and that you're listening. Stop it. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, there's that. That's all. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, welcome to your favorite show. And uh, what are we going to dive in today to today, Sarah? Well, you know, we talk a lot on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we talk a lot. Right. And when we're talking a lot, we often bring up mental health. Mental health awareness. Meow, meow, meow. Oh, love it. It's a little jingle I just came up with. I see. Look at you getting into your (laughs) Twisted Sister D. Snyder vibes. Right. Yes. I told Caleb he is giving me D. Snyder vibes. I don't even know why D came to mind. It's the long hair and the glasses right now. The glasses that I have are like And like the thin. You're thin. Is that offensive? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, I'm moving on past that. (laughs) But we're going to talk about um, some of the things that our our therapists are sharing with us right now. Right. Because the funny thing is, is that Sarah and I's therapists are both named Amanda. Isn't that fucking hilarious? Isn't it? And they're Absolutely. different Amandas. Yes, they are. Yeah. Very different people. Very different. But with the same name. Who knew? Amanda, <laughs> as if that's not like one of the most common names right. on the planet. Yeah. But we love our Amandas. We do. They're impactful. Uh, oof. They make a difference. Yeah. And we want to share some of the things that they're telling us right now. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. what we plan to do here today. Right. Because we're, we're on our own journeys of mental health and of, you know, clearing out the shit from our mental cupboards. Yeah. Drawers. Yeah. All, all of the crevices. 
Ooh, yeah. Tell me more about the crevices. The crevices. What is the plural of crevices? 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 Crevici? Crevi? <laughs> Crevi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but Craig's going to tell us. Yes. Uh, I love it. Crevices. Oh, crevices. Yeah. That's crevices. It's not a fun. narrow crack or fissure. Mm. Ooh, a fissure in the fissures of our brain. Yes. I like the word fissure. You don't get to use it very often. I do in dentistry. Oh, right. In that work that you do. Mm-hmm. In the work that I do. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, here we are. I think it's <laughs> timely that we're going to be talking about things our mental health professionals share with us because we're getting into um, winter. We're nearing winter solstice, seasonal depression time. Mm. It's um, hitting. It's it hitting. Really it's hitting. Yeah. Holiday She's time here. when most of us are forced to spend time with family. <laughs> with the people who gave us the reason to go to therapy. Right. LOL. <laughs> with the people who refuse to go to therapy so we go in p- their place. Right. Yeah. And I feel like it's a heavy time. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I feel like this time, even with like the the closing of the year, like you, you were just talking about the solstice and even with the, you know, roaming calendar that we have, it's like, I always just feel like it's an end of something. And I'm like, <clears throat> it's almost kind of how I feel sometimes at the end of a day where I'm like, I haven't gotten all the things done that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I guess I fucked up this day or I guess this day was a waste or something, you know, and sometimes I feel that way about my year. Well, we've mentioned before, I am an avid New Year's resolution setter. Avid. Avid. I do not miss a year. It doesn't mean I like do all the things, mm. but I am well-intended enough to set some resolutions. Sure. You're committed to the mindfulness of it. I am. Um, Which I love about you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No, thank you. I don't always carry it out, but... I think, yeah, you you get to the end of the year, you get to the end of the day or a season, Mm. and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't do the things I thought I would. Mm -hmm. And then you're hard on yourself. And it's not the season to be hard on yourselves, guys. Season to be kind and gentle. (sighs) Okay, so let's talk about kindness right now, LOL. LOL. So I was on my way to therapy today. And... It's the time where people are going to like the mall mm. and going shopping. And it's like midday. It's like not even noon yet. Road rage is rampant. And it is. Like 380 was a disaster. And then I get down to Coralville and there's that street. I don't know what it's called. I don't pay attention to, you know, knowing <laughs> I where I don't I'm subscribe at. to directions. I really don't subscribe to Coralville at all, period. <laughs> but um it's a disaster and there's the only thing that's there is this big ass mall Mm -hmm. and a bunch of like little strip malls that surround it that have other little shops um and the driving experience was horrendous Mm. and i don't i've been trying to have a little bit more control over my road rage it is kind of out of control sometimes but today especially i flipped off somebody which i almost never do yeah what they do they like cut me off (gasps) and like blocked me into this thing and i was just like okay well i'm going to ruin this lady's life yeah (laughs) fuck everything uh, because you know of course it was a middle-aged white woman oh the worst and i was like so mad i'm like (laughs) i'm gonna run this lady off the road fuck you karen right honestly and i didn't 
I decided to go to therapy instead. (laughs) Just the place you needed to be. It was like jail or therapy. And I was like, "Mm, go to therapy. I flipped off a guy in a truck one time and he actually did run me off the road. Oh, (laughs) see, see, there you go. Yeah. You never know what kind of crazy you're going to invite. Mm. It was uh, a scary experience. I'm sure it was. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And I'm also so glad that you're alive. Same. Because okay, we were so, on the highway. <laughs> yeah. When I where I grew up, Albuquerque is like one of the number one places for like road rage road rage deaths in the states. Really? Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's so weird. Is it? I mean, I get road rage, but I'm not gonna go to prison for somebody on the road. Not these motherfuckers. Oh yeah, I don't know. But the thing is, I feel like I become a different person when I get behind the wheel of a car. I know. Same. Like I like the grace and the love and the empathy and the consideration and the altruism that exists in my life pretty much all the time goes straight out the window mm-hmm. when I get behind the wheel of my car. It's fair. It's like fuck everyone. Get out the way. Get out the way. Move. Move, bitch. bitch. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. And it's <laughs> It's sad, you know, that that is like, you know, this last vestige of my rage, <laughs> but it's there and I'm trying to be mindful of it. So what did Karen do when you flicked her off? Nothing. Did she look at you? No. Mouth agape? No, I didn't look at her. Oh. I was like, fuck you, bitch. Fuck you. Right. And then just kept driving. Just kept driving. Good for you. I was going like 15 over the speed limit, which is whatever. <laughs> which is illegal <laughs> which is illegal but you know what? i was also late to therapy and i think that's what made me so mad is that like i was already late and this lady was you know driving me insane like did some shady driving, shady driving techniques shit. yeah and i was like okay cool <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna lose my life for you babe shady driving you, techniques this is the hill i will die on Yes, in Coralville. Right, in Coralville, of, of, all, places. of all places. If I died in Coralville, I would have, no, I, my whole life would have been a waste. <laughs> so you made it to therapy, though. No, we didn't make it to therapy. Without hurting anybody. Right, without hurting anybody. Um, except here's the thing that I realized is that I have a major problem. And we've already talked about this before on the podcast, but I have a major problem with confrontation. Mm-hmm. Like anytime I feel any ounce of like anger, and I feel like I might get into it with somebody. I go into like full body shakes. Mm. Like I like shut down and I don't know how to control my emotions. Mm-hmm. And I like know that even if I did get into it with somebody that I wouldn't be able to speak. Mm. Um, and if I did, I would be, you know, mumbling mm. or um, having to correct myself in the argument. Um, but also I don't think that I would have any control over my emotions. I think it would probably be way too much. You know what I mean? Even for a small thing, Hmm. it would be like all the confrontation and all the rage of the, like that had been building up for the years would like come out in that single confrontation. Do you talk to Amanda about that? (laughs) I did. Today? (laughs) Yeah. What'd she say about it? So that was actually at the end of my therapy session. Okay, Um, wait. I want to know. Oh. What what exactly is therapy for Caleb like? You get out of your car, mm. you walk in. What's the first thing you do with Amanda? Um, say, hey, Amanda, you look cute. And then she's like, Caleb, stop <laughs> trying to fucking. This no, is not she a, rolls her eyes and win. says, thanks. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but speaking of winning, lol, today. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was talking about the situation where I have, you know, a perceived reality and it's different than, you know, the things that are actually happening outside of my brain. Right. Things that like are actually happening. Right. And then the way that I perceive reality. And I was talking about that and came to this conclusion. She's like, wow, Caleb, good job. You just therapized yourself. And I was like, yes, I I want a therapy. (laughs) I want a therapy today. (laughs) And it felt really good. Um, But yeah, it was just like this realization. I had to kind of talk it out with myself because I definitely have an issue with perceived reality versus, you know, things that are happening in real life, IRL. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So you guys talked about that today. So we talked a lot about that. Yeah. But it took a while to get there because, um, yeah, I think it's all these other issues, you know. And she's like, well, let's let's dig a little bit. And then it always comes down to this thing where I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm the problem. Oh, wait, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> so how long are your sessions? They're an hour. OK, mine are too. Yeah. About well, I mean, typically about 50 minutes. Yeah. Which is why I was late today because I kept talking and had to, you know, talk about the confrontation issue. And then she was like, let's save that for next month. And I was like, okay. Mm. So I don't know. I'm excited about um, continuing to meet with my therapist for a while there. I didn't know if I was going to be able to because I lost my health insurance this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so access to, you know, my mental health therapy is something I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. And I know not everybody has that. So I have to say, you know, that I'm glad that it's working out and that she was working with me mm-hmm. so that I could afford to keep going this year, mm-hmm. um, even if it was less, less often. Um, and we figured out a way for me to pay, too. So it ended up working out. So I, I yeah, I'm grateful to her for. Bless you, Amanda. Yeah, honestly, I don't really know what I would, would do without her. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. What about you? Tell me about your therapy experience. What does it look like for you to enter into your therapy space? Like, tell me about her office. Because I feel like that says a lot about a therapist. Oh, well, her office is not the best representation of her as a person. Mm. But um, it's in, like, this little, uh, I don't want to say a strip mall, Mm. but it's, like, a shared office space. Mm -hmm. And um, the Popo also have a shared office space in there. Ew. I know. So one day she was like, just be sure if you're like bringing your weed, just remember that there's police here. And I was like, heard. I love that. (laughs) So that was cool. She's looking out. She is looking out. Um, And then, you know, I realized last week when I went, I was like, you know, I wear my lucky sweat outfit every time I come here, but I want you to know that I do have other clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's a lot, like a lot of what we do as people who see therapists is like justify who we are to our therapist. Yep. You know, it's like, yeah, she hears all this crazy shit about how I think that a boyfriend I had 30 years ago will find me when I'm 80, but I'm concerned about, the sweat outfit she sees me in every mm-hmm. week. Right. So she was, she just looks at me. Like it is me. so funny that there's like that space just brings out the weirdest components of ourselves. Yes. Right? Because I think we desperately want our therapist to like us. Yes. Um, we've had that conversation outside of this um, podcast, but it's like, 
I want her to be my friend. Yeah. And I want her to like me. Mm-hmm. And like that just shows me how much of a people pleaser I am too. Mm-hmm. Like how much I work to try to get her to like me. Yeah. I'm always happy when she laughs at like yeah. shit that I say. I'm <laughs> like, she thinks I'm funny through the chaos. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Right. She's heard some of the craziest shit I've ever done, but she's laughing at my jokes. So yes. Like, yeah. And she hasn't reported me <clears throat> and she hasn't had she, me committed. Right. There you go. So, yay. Institutionalized. Oh, man. <laughs> she must like me. We're right. on our way to friendship. <laughs> yeah. I, I love therapy. Mm. It is one of the most important hours that I have. How often do you go? I go every other week. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my thing right now is I'm actually signing up for um, health insurance today. Yay. Um, so I can get back to seeing her bi-monthly mm-hmm. or bi-weekly. Mm-hmm. Bi-weekly? Bi-weekly. Um, that's important. Yeah. I well, just I just want to see her more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have like a little bit of like a friend love affair with her, you know, and like it's it's one-sided and I'm sure of that, but... It's like I get so much out of it. Me too. And it it always makes me wonder, like, when people say that they've tried therapy and didn't like it, I'm like, what? What's it's that because about? of the therapist. Like, it's got to yeah. be. Because really? I've gone to therapy and it was like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I'm going to therapy and this is an experience and fine. But I feel like I get so much more out of it when I am talking to someone I like who also gets it. And I know I've said before, I've never seen a woman therapist and I've never seen a person of color until Amanda. Um, But she is a minority Mm -hmm. and she's a woman. And we're not like super close in age, but we're about 10, 15 years apart in age, which helps. Mm. Um, Do you think you could see a therapist who was younger than you? Probably, mm. um, but they'd have to be a very specific type of therapist. I'd have they'd have to be a minority. Sure, um, they'd probably have to be a woman, yeah. and they would have to have s- at least some shared life experiences. Mm. I think that's one of the things I like about Amanda is there are things that I can say that she has experienced herself, yeah. and so she can speak to things from a personal lens yeah. and not just a hypothetical uh it's not a hypothesis it's sure. an actual it's not theoretical, experience right. yeah mm-hmm. mm. no i think that's so important and i can like i can empathize with that because i definitely went out of my way to find somebody who specializes in lgbtq issues yeah um and amanda's office is so gay is it? Oh, oh yeah, my you've mentioned God. that yeah. before. Have I shown you pictures? No. Yeah. Um, you take pictures of her office? <laughs> I did take a picture of her office. Okay. Creeper. She wasn't in it. <laughs> That's even weirder. <laughs> Is it? It's like, let me wait while she's in the bathroom and snap <laughs> some pics. <laughs> did you take a picture of yourself at her desk? <laughs> no, I did not. I can see myself doing that, though. Um, but it's all it's very pink. And it's um, she's got this thing that says like you were loved or happy to be you or something like that, and it's got a rainbow on it, and it's just a bunch of like gay themed things. We in love it. it. Yeah, and I just yeah, I love it too because she is a kind of person who wears like um, mostly black mm. and like has very like sharp like cat eye eye makeup. You know Ooh. what I mean? And like just kind of seems like a like a femme fatale, you know, in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, and then her her space is so like 
fluffy and soft, mm. you know, and she kind of comes off as like very like, you know Ooh. what I mean? She gives off that vibe. We love that. I do. Yeah, I do love that vibe. Anyway, it's funny mm. that like I needed somebody who kind of understood where I'm coming from. Right. And the issues that I face. You know, and um, even today I talked a little bit about, you know, why I I people please so much. Why do you think you people please? <clears throat> what does what Amanda have to say to that? Well, we talked a lot about um, the fact that growing up the way that I did, I had to like chameleon myself. Mm. Um, and I felt like I had to um, assimilate to the dominant culture. Right, in order to receive love and to um, survive, we talked a lot about safety today. Mm. Um, where I feel, you know, <clears throat> sometimes most comfortable being alone because I don't have to perform for people. Which is weird because you don't really like to, or well, up until this point of your life, mm. being alone is not something you've embraced. No. As fully. Well, yeah, because it was scary because I didn't know how to, I didn't know who I was, you know, in a lot ah. of ways, you know. Mm. That I feel like there's still kind of like the shame about who I am mm. and being unsure about that. Mm. Um, but this year I've like fully embraced, you know, what it is to be alone and I still don't like it sometimes. Um, but I've become more comfortable like finding out that like, ooh, I actually can just be here. Mm -hmm. That I don't need to um, perform or put on, you know, some mask or some face for people or to... Um, do xyz for you know that i can just be whatever it is that i am right now mm. um and realizing that like throughout my life my upbringing you know that i had to constantly kind of perform straightness or perform you know success or studiousness or whatever um in order to you know get the love that i craved Deep shit. I know. It was pretty intense. Ooh. I know. It brought out some tears in me actually earlier. Mm. And it's like that's also new for me is emotions. You know. It's just so weird because I feel like you're an emotional person. I am. I'm a Pisces. So I'm like highly emotional. But I feel like there's times where I just like feel really blocked mm. in my emotional self. Mm -hmm. So and I think that also has to do with like, you know, trying to be masculine and like very strong. I'm a strong man and I don't feel my emotions. Right. You know. So, huh? Interesting. It was interesting. It was um, it's a lot. There's a lot there because I. I think the biggest part of it is being frustrated about um. Still feeling like as a you know person who's been out of the closet for ten ish plus years, um, that I have to continue to do the work to. Decolonize my mind. Deconstruct the religious based shame mm -hmm. and the heteronormative um, <clears throat> classist racist things that I was growing up that I grew up being ingrained in me mm -hmm. you know that my the world that my parents raised me in is not the world that I want to occupy or live in right it doesn't make space for me it doesn't make space for the people that I love mm -hmm. so it's it's hard and I feel like I keep seeing those like these pockets of my life where like I have like oh like, that's a super racist thought like what the fuck or, like, that's a super classist thing to think. Like, mm -hmm. the, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. You know? And it's always shocking to me because, you know, I think I'm better than that. You well, know? I but it's like, like I'm just still so messed up. And there's, like, things it's, to deconstruct. You'll always be. There's always And will always be. And I feel like yeah. 
when you heal one area, it gives you the power to then look at another area and be like, oh, shit, now mm -hmm. I have to go work from square one on this part. And then you fix that, and then you then have the skill to look at another area and mm -hmm. realize where you can improve or work. Yeah. So it's just a constant practice. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to be really intentional, and I think I'm going to try and carry this with me into the new year, about recognizing that all of these things are a practice. Mm -hmm. um, I have been... Before the pandemic, I kind of got really clear about the issues that I felt were impactful. And it was adoption and reconciling that shit and my relationship like with my biological mom and kind of what that meant to be to me. Um, that I'm angry and that I hate men. I don't necessarily hate men, but whatever I have going on with men is not conducive mm. to healthy relationships. Um, both platonically and romantically. Sure. So I had seen a therapist before the <clears throat> pandemic and then COVID hit and that like halted our sessions. Mm. But I took those things into my therapy sessions with Amanda. So that's pretty much my focus on every single. Every session. Every session. Yeah. It's either like adoption and family shit or it's anger and not so much specifically anger because those other things adoption and my relationship with men make me very angry mm. so we indirectly i feel like uh, bring up anger but i've been dating and it's really hard for me to feel secure in like a secure relationship mm. and so a lot of what i've been talking about is how my past experiences with men have made it really difficult for me to engage in healthy relationships with men as an adult. And I had to tell myself the other, well, just today, someone reminded me that at some point, um, well, my friend had asked me, do you trust the person that you're dating? And I was like, I don't really trust anybody. Mm. And she was like, well, at some point you have to make the choice to trust. And I was like, what? <laughs> But it reminded me trust is a practice. Yeah. You practice trusting. There mm. are exercises like trust falls that are meant to build trust every yeah. day. It's a lesson in building trust and choosing to trust and then have someone affirm that and show you that you can, okay, I can trust a little bit more tomorrow mm. or today based on whatever I have to give my level of trust looks different. So I need different behaviors around me to accommodate where I'm at and just kind of realizing it's a moving target and I'll never mm. probably arrive. I won't be at this place where I'm like, all right, I now have blind trust. I'm a master at trust. Yeah, I yeah. totally trust you and I understand mm. what to trust and I understand when to not be trusting. Yeah. It's a practice. It looks sure. different every day. And you probably get better at it over time, but I don't think that there's ever such a thing as like where you don't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to make a mistake. Well, no. And that's the part that I'm really struggling with is it's like I have wasted a lot of time and feelings in certain areas that I don't want to waste again. I don't have the capacity to waste that anymore. What, that you don't have like the time? I don't have the time. I don't have the emotions like yeah. for it. I don't have the time to recover mm. from making a mistake. I don't have, I know, like, I, oh, honey. <laughs> I know, but I'm like, I just look at the sheer time it takes me to 
let go of relationships. Sure. And I'm like, I don't want to devote the next 10 years of my life because I know what that's like. Mm. I've now devoted significant amounts of time to moving on from relationships. And I'm like, I don't have another 10 years for this. Yeah. And so how do I, how, how do I stay open mm. through these things? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like it, it's a choice, right? Yeah, but I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to choose? No. <laughs> mm. I don't want to be open. Yeah. I just want to be like our our friend's quarter flash and harden my heart. Mm-hmm. It's, all, it's safer that way, is it? I don't know, because no. I'm also like a big blob of love and feeling. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm like, I want to not feel my shit, I will inadvertently. And I don't like that. Mm. I have been finding this a lot in my own work is that like I'm constantly working against myself mm-hmm. you know that I'm constantly like subconsciously thwarting my own desires for companionship or for connection mm-hmm. or for growth mm-hmm. or for you know authenticity you know mm-hmm. and it's like all these things that I feel like are a part of my subconscious, a part of like my defense mechanisms mm-hmm. kind of constantly creep up and like rear their ugly head at every step of the way, mm-hmm. you know, that it's like, oh, I thought I was past this. Oh, mm-hmm. I guess not. And it's, it's so frustrating to see that. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I connected with my biological father a lot of this shit was made very clear for me oh, sure. where I could understand that I had relationship issues with men mm. in the past but I didn't exactly I don't know understand to the extent or I thought it was maybe I thought it was different than it was but when I met my dad um he had no idea I existed at all so when mm. I told him he was really accepting I wasn't expecting that. I was mm. expecting, I mean, and I feel like that's a situation that you kind of have to go into understanding that things could go really well or they could go really horribly. And I have to be okay with whatever someone is willing to give because this is totally foreign for a lot of us, announcing your presence to someone who has no clue you exist. Mm. But he was really welcoming and he was like, I love you. I'm glad you exist. I'm so glad you're my daughter. You're beautiful. I want to meet your kids. You seem so smart. Just affirmation after affirmation. And I was like, yeah. oh, what my God. Fuck? It made me so uncomfortable that yeah. I couldn't even talk to him. I was like, I don't know how to have someone tell me those things and mean it from a real place mm. and even be present. Like, I, I can't. And because of my own shit... I only talked to my dad a couple times because when he would call or text me and say those things, it made me so uncomfortable that I couldn't even participate in those conversations. And then he died. So it's like now I'm looking back and I'm like, I can't be the reason I can't I can't stand in the way. I can't be the reason that I miss out on relationships like this or love Uh that people are willing to give because you're uncomfortable. And then it made me sad for like that part of myself that is so uncomfortable that she can't just sit still and receive what someone's, you know, giving and that I'm so distrusting that I don't believe it. 
And I know these things about myself. I love me. I know I'm a good mom. I know, you know, I'm like a seven out of 10. Oh yeah. I, I know these things, but for someone else to tell me that and be like, Oh, well, yeah, you're great. You're awesome. I love you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll be here when you want. I was just like, ew, no, Mm. I hate it. And I look at trying to date and having people affirm me or having people show up or people volunteering time or emotion that I had not solicited. And I'm like, it's weird because I do so much for these dumbass motherfuckers so that they'll tell me like good morning. And then there's people who offer it and it's so uncomfortable. I don't even want to be a part of it. Yeah. And so that's what I'm working on in therapy. Man. I know. It just, it kind of reminds me of conversations that we've had in the past about, you know, relationships that like, I remember you saying specifically that like you felt you hadn't given a relationship your all mm-hmm. that you hadn't like opened up and been vulnerable. And that, that was one of the reasons why the relationship faltered. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's more than that, but I just remember this experience, right? That like sometimes we're standing in our own way mm-hmm. that like, w- because we're afraid mm-hmm. or because we have, you know, this block or whatever it is. And like, we learn those things over time, right? Because of the things that we've experienced or the, you know, hurts, traumas pains that we've experienced right Mm -hmm. that it's a lot of undoing it's like what therapy is it's just like undoing or unlearning the the coping mechanisms or the the resistance um that we put up right Mm -hmm. Mm. it's kind of like undoing like a knotted ball of yarn yes and that you're just pulling Mm-hmm. slowly pulling 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 and you keep finding more knots but you just yep keep. and you got to pull but then you're like okay now i have to make this into an orderly sure something <laughs> yeah. that has to leave this space yeah and how do i wind this shit all back up into mm. a ball and do my best not to get it tangly yeah. again mm-hmm but it always does because we're people and we're always evolving and moving and changing. Mm-hmm. It's just the constant undoing and rebuilding. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I love this conversation. And I think it's so helpful to have, you know, these spaces mm-hmm. to to do that kind of talk, mm-hmm. to do that kind of rebuilding, that reconstruction work that is so scary and so overwhelming to do by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have somebody be objective about it that can like see you from the outside and be like, I care about you and I want you to do well. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's figure this out together. Mm-hmm. And that's invaluable. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's keep talking about that some more, but let's take a break. Okay. Okay. BRB. BRB. We love you. We should do um, 
what's that thing called? Rewhisper. A- oh, ASMR. ASMR? Yeah. yeah. We should do an ASMR episode. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Yeah. And we could make sounds. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do yet. <laughs> I can think of something. I can chew my gum in the microphone. Oh, ew, yeah. ew, no, ew. Oh, you don't like gum chewing? Oh, no, After I you both it. burped <laughs> in my ears? Yeah, That's sorry about weird. it. That's yeah, weird. whatever. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, the, some of the thoughts that I had about what we were, um, what we're discussing, um, I recently read a book called How to Know um, a Person by David Brooks. And it was a... I'm not like going to talk about how good the book was or whatever, but um, some of the things he talks about are how to be present mm. in conversations with people. And I think that that kind of relates to something that we're, that, what we're talking about, right. Mm-hmm. Is like how to incorporate more vulnerability, right. And in, um, in our life and like really touching those like real honest parts of our lives. Cause that's what therapy is for, mm-hmm. right. Is to give that space um, for those topics, for those issues, right? Um, and one of the things that my mom, you know, would always say is like, well, why don't you just have like a friend to talk to? And it's like, okay, but that's not the same thing. No. It's really not. <clears throat> but um, I do think that they can be related, mm-hmm. right? That I, on one hand, am so grateful to have my therapist. I love her. And I'm so glad, grateful to her for the work that she does with me. Um, but I'm also super grateful and I don't think I would even really have done or gotten as far as I have if I didn't have friendships with people who are also, um, interested in having those kinds of conversations. Yeah. You know, it's like when I call you on the phone and we have some really deep conversations, Mm -hmm. um, where I feel like I can be vulnerable with you. It like it's it's a practice, mm-hmm. right? In letting my guard down and really trying to touch the the issue that's at the heart of, you know, why I'm experiencing pain or trouble or frustration or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's like I know that you're there for me. Mm-hmm. In the same way that I feel like, you know, Amanda's there for me too, but in a different way because like you you support me in a different way too well it's a different level of investment sure yeah um it really is and so i don't know i just like i feel like i wanted it i couldn't let that thought go without talking about it i am really grateful for friends um you are yeah always there for me when i want to talk and definitely provide a different insight. I feel like I get so trapped in my head mm. and you do too. Oh, I yeah. know. <laughs> but like, I think having someone to pull you back and be like, okay, yes, you believe X to be true, but let's step back and look at it mm. from this different place. Or when you're able to give your perspective on something that you've watched me go through or you're seeing me go through, but I'm experiencing it it makes it just a little less personal for me as the person experiencing it Mm. and helps me have a different perspective, which is really helpful. And also like in between therapy sessions, Mm -hmm. um, it's nice to have someone to talk to talk through shit with one of the things I need to get better at doing. 
And I got good at it around 2020 when it came to racial shit. Mm. As I would ask my friends, like, do you have the capacity for me to share this with you? Yeah. But I feel like sometimes I've kind of gotten away from that. Mm-hmm. And I've not been as mindful of honoring where other people are at in their own mental health position when I need to talk. So maybe I'll make that a resolution too. But just remembering, yeah. like, if I need to talk about something that I think is heavy just even asking like okay Caleb do you have what's your capacity like to listen to me today yeah because there's nothing worse than being like a catch-all for someone's shit either oh god and I think that's like the that's the importance in actually making sure you're talking to a trained mental health professional versus a friend because your friend's do not have the training to separate the issue from the person mm-hmm. or to be able to leave this in the space it was delivered and then go home and detach, which oh, I'm yeah. sure it's hard for a therapist as well, but they receive training on how to do that. Yeah. That's their job. Right. They can't carry around everyone's shit with them all day. Oh, man. I feel like I can remember a couple of times where somebody just started to like overshare, mm. you know, and it was just like out of nowhere with no context. And it was like these really like heavy things. And it was just like, oh, my God, what the fuck do I do with this? Mm-hmm. You know, and <laughs> it's like this isn't the time or the space for that, you no. know. And it's like <clears throat> you need to see somebody, babe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, and I'm not the one. Right. And like I, I feel bad about saying it, you know, because I feel like that there is still so much stigma around m- mental health issues and the ways that I feel like. um we struggle mm-hmm. and we're not supposed to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that we don't have our quote unquote shit together. Um, but there's a, there's a time and a space for that. And um, I'm not it. Right. <laughs> you know, like you need to talk somebody and mm-hmm. I'm not that somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, there are people in my life who, I want to be that somebody for, Mm -hmm. you know, that like if you're dealing with something heavy, I can I want to be able to help you manage that burden, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But that's something you have to figure out and negotiate in the relationship. You know, like, hey, do you have space for this? Or, hey, do you have the emotional capacity to handle like me with this issue? I agree. The other thing I like about, you know, Amanda is that. Because she's not my friend, like she's mm. not gonna hold on to what I say and then next week be like, So last week you told me that you didn't like your ex boyfriend and now here you are saying you like your ex boyfriend. Right. Like what's going on with that? <laughs> You're wishy washy. Right. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm evolving. Let me be me. <laughs> so it's kinda nice that it's like every time we go, even though we're always building, she's sure. not holding me to mm. the idea of who I was last week or the things right. I said a month ago mm-hmm. or even the person I was when I began therapy with her a year and a half ago. Like every week is I get to be whoever I feel like being Mm -hmm. that week and bring whatever shit I have up. Totally. And I think, you know, that's part of the work of like uh, of narrative reconstruction, Mm -hmm. right? That I like what I feel we were talking about before the break was a kind of reconstruction of our narratives, our own personal identities. But we're, we like to orchestrate or organize our thoughts about our lives as a narrative, right? Mm-hmm. As a story. Um, and when things don't are, aren't necessarily congruent with that story or we feel like we acted outside of our own character or things that happened to us and we don't have space for that in our story, mm-hmm. then we have to do some work to figure out how, that, how to incorporate that, right? Yeah. 
Um, and it's, yeah, how do I go about saying it? It's, it's figuring out the story and, um, being gentle and, um, learning how about perspective. And I think maybe that's what it is that I was trying to get to is the perspective Mm -hmm. and having the right perspective about, about some of these issues or some of these happenstances or whatever. Um, more complicated people, Mm -hmm. you know, more complicated beings. And, uh, we need to have space to kind of hold all that complexity. So I agree. Yeah. What is like the best thing? This is not, I don't, this isn't really what I mean, but I'm having trouble like verbalizing what I mean. Hmm. But what's the best thing Amanda has done for you? Um, been accepting, mm-hmm. accepting me and all of my um, messes. Mm-hmm. Like she's seen me through, you know, some of the darkest times of my addiction and of my like mental health crisis and my, you know, suicidal thoughts and all of that. Like it, she held space for it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really what it is, is like holding space for, for me to, to be that messy mm-hmm. and to be that brought down mm-hmm. and to, to care mm-hmm. and to, um, offer support, you know, like I didn't, I felt like the floor was crumbling underneath me. Like I felt like I was falling you yeah. know, or I was drowning, but it was like a, a life raft. Mm. That like this isn't necessarily ideal, but I can get through this. What about you? I love that. I think probably the same thing. I think reminding me that, yeah, we're human Mm. and that I'm not, I think when we get really in our heads, we feel like we're the only person on the planet who has (laughs) these thoughts or who feels this way and just reminding me that that's not true. And I think she just reminding me that helps fight the stigma that I have that I cast upon myself. Mm. Um, as someone with depression, there's a lot of times I'm like, how come I don't function like these people? Or why is it that they see this so much differently than me? And then I'm like, Oh yeah, you, you have a different brain chemistry, but it's helpful to have someone else be like, yeah. And not only is it just you, but it's like all of these other people. And even though like you're a unique person, this shit isn't, you're not the one person in the world. You're not the medical mystery. Mm, like right. the it, one medical anomaly that has ever existed. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's normal. And the <clears throat> things you think are normal or at least not, not normal enough to like cause a big problem. Right. I appreciate therapy. Yeah. I would be in big trouble if I didn't have it. I would kill for Amanda. I was, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you hear that, babe? I'd kill for you. I almost killed a woman earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> On my way to you. Right. <laughs> Tried to get in the way of our session. Right. 
Uh, uh, I I really like Amanda. Mm. If she ever decides to make a career change, I want to be your friend. But she'd probably be like, Sarah, mm. I know too much about you to want right. to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> you do some weird shit. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have someone like walk in your dark times with mm. you. Yeah. And feel like they're cheering you on. Yeah. Yay. We love that. We love Amanda's. Okay, well, I feel like that does it for us today. It does, does it? It does it. It does it. <laughs> uh, um, I hope that everyone is gentle with themselves during this time. Yeah. Especially during the holidays when you might have to be around people that you're not normally around that might require different mm. skill sets and energy levels than... Yeah what you are used to and comfortable with exerting or showing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of grace you could give yourself yes. at this time. Mm-hmm. Extra grace. And you deserve it and you're yeah. worthy. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to put up boundaries if you need them. Yeah. I'm a boundary less gal. So that was, I needed that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I got you. Thank you. Yeah. In the meantime, please go review share yeah maybe even just get on to psychology today and go look at therapists in your area oh sure yeah do it Mm. um therapy for black girls is another really good podcast that i love but they have like a directory of therapists of color hell yeah so that's really helpful that's Um, amazing yeah because we all receive things better when it comes from someone with a shared experience or who looks yeah. like us, it just is what it is. Whether you yep. think it's you or not, it it's true for you. So for the people who are like, I hate therapy, please don't give up. Keep trying. Mm-hmm. Even if resources stand in the way of you in therapy, there are a lot of therapists that do take clients pro bono that are willing to work with a sliding scale yeah. or cash only with no insurance. So just right. keep looking and be diligent mm-hmm. about finding someone that works with you and for you. Yeah. All right. Well, we love you with our whole hearts. All of it. We're so glad you're listening to us. So glad. And um, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, we'll see you next time for another riveting episode of Othered. Riveting. (laughs) Love you. Love you.